couldn't outlive the goodness of God and we in our lifespan will never outlive the goodness of God if God is for us who could be against us <laughs> we love you, Father. give us vision give us wisdom Give us the ability to see and live the life that you've called us to, Lord. We bless your holy name. Such an honor to get together in your presence like this. I just again tonight realized, Father, when you said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord says. Simply, Lord, saying that you're always speaking. The problem is with the listeners. I pray for ears to hear what the Spirit of the living God says tonight. May you encourage your church as we leave this place, Father, supercharged for a year that lays ahead to fear nothing except God. We love you, we praise you, we thank you. Thank you for our worship tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord, as the praises go up, the blessings and the anointing come down. We thank you for your presence tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Come, let us take our seats. Thank you, Jesus. Are you ready to receive the word? Say, I'm ready. Yeah, welcome to everybody once again. And to those that are tuned in on media, welcome. May the Spirit of the living God speak to all of our hearts in these next few minutes. One thing I can really say is this, and it's become very evident and clear, because if you are listening to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, it is clear that God has a message for His church in 2023. God's always got a message for His church, but we need to be hearing what God is saying. And if, I don't know how many of you have listened to Old Year's Eve service. We had a bit of a hiccup with a clunk, but you can still hear the service. If you sit quietly or put earphones in, you'll hear it. But I spoke about if we don't lose heart. We mustn't lose heart. And then last week, which was really an amazing event for me, because I was sitting on leave and my phone started to ring at half past five, twenty to six. And this is the time preaching starts. So I thought, yes, like the Oaks are finished with the service already. And I Answer my, I look at my WhatsApps coming through and everybody's saying to me, Pastor, we have your back. Man, and, and, and my back is hung up and I could, I could turn in my ear and it was such a, and I just want to honor you for, for, for that. And, and believe me, I got your back too. And, and it was such a blessing and I thought to myself, maybe you were all happy because it was such a short service and you're hinting now that I will preach short services as well. But then I realized it's just this beautiful love that we have, the agape love of God in, in all of us. But, but Quibus, Pastor Quibus spoke about, and it was such a beautiful sermon, and he spoke about God will work it out, if you can remember. 
You see, the point is, if we don't lose heart, God will work it out for us. And so tonight I want to continue with something that I believe God is speaking to His church about. Uh, it's a word, perseverance. Eight over more. Perseverance. Because if we don't lose heart, God will work it out if we will have perseverance. Amen. God is really talking to us about something that we must apply in our lives. If, if the theme is the persevering Christian, would that be something that you would give to your name? Would you call yourself, I'm a persevering Christian? I want to just say this. If you can't say that, maybe not boldly, but at least you can say it. If you can't say it, then there's a problem with your walk with God. Amen. You've got to understand that. Persevering Christian. There's a guy by the name of Duncan Campbell said it so beautifully. And listen to what he said. He said, to me, it's been a source of great comfort and strength in the days of battle. When you're going through tough times, it's been, he says, a source of great comfort and a source of great strength in the day of battle. And yet he says, just to remember that the secret, and we're talking tonight about the persevering Christian, he says, just to remember that the secret of persevering and to be steadfast and indeed to have victory is the recognition that what? The Lord is at hand. Church, we are never alone. God is always with you. God always wants you to walk in victory. God always wants you to walk in, in an overcoming way. But you see, the key there to the issue is we need to be persevering. Amen. So my theme scripture, and we're going to talk about it a little bit now and next week. I've got it included because this Hebrew book has really been talking to me on this. Hebrews 10 verse 35 and 36. The Hebrew writer says, do not, you know what that means now? means do not. Therefore, do not, therefore I'm saying to you, do not. Okay. Do not what? Fling away your fearless confidence. That word fling away. It's an act of action that I take. Only you can do it. Nobody can do it on your behalf. Do not fling away your fearless confidence. Then he said, and it must be a, a fearless confidence. He says, for it has a glorious and a great reward. There will be a powerful overcoming life that you will live if you will not just throw away your fearless confidence. But you're going to need perseverance. And then verse 36 answers, he answers himself to tell us how we're going to do it. And this is how we're going to do it. So you need to say, I'm listening. So I'm listening. Because verse 36 says, for you have need of... You see, your doctor, if you go and see him, and then you say, I've got this pain here. He says, you have need of three of these before meals to help you. Well, the Bible is saying to us, for you have need of patience and endurance. You have need of it, church. You've got a problem if you have not it. He says we have need of patience. Now that word patience and endurance, and I'll show you just now the, the, the Greek word means actually perseverance. So read perseverance. You have need of perseverance. To do what? To bear up under the difficult circumstances, listen, without compromising. 
Because when it's going difficult, you need to bear up under it. You can't take shortcuts to avoid the stuff. You can't stop praying. You can't stop not meeting with the Lord and, and, and uh, allow things in your life that is not from God because you're not happy with where you are in your spiritual life. He says without compromising. Why? So that when you have carried out the will of God, what is the will of God? That you will not fling away your fearless confidence. That you will always be thankful to God. That you will always love Jesus and serve Him. So, and serve him. He says he, that you will carry out the will of God that you may receive and enjoy to the full what He's promised. To the full what God has promised. You know what I always find interesting in, in the Bible uh, who knows what a metaphor is? <laughs> who, who knoweth what a metaphor is? <laughs> in Afrikaans is a built spark. It talks, makes an image, and then it talks about the image. So what it really means is it's a figure of speech, is a metaphor. So when you, I don't know why I use that word, because I didn't want to confuse anybody except to say metaphors it's involved in the Bible all over when it talks about warfare. Whenever the Bible is written about it, we're always fighting a fight. Put on the full armor of God. It's not literal. It's a metaphor. You put on a helmet and a breastplate and all of that stuff. It, that's what a metaphor is. Uh, Paul, Jesus talking about we, uh, his body um, is, is flesh and we must eat the flesh. He's not literally talking. That's a metaphor. Nah, we, we understand that now. It's involving. The New Testament writers, whenever they wrote, listen to this, they frequently draw on some metaphors to illustrate the Christian life. They use uh, examples on it. The metaphors remove any doubt when you begin to read it that the Christian life is not a Sunday picnic. It's a real warfare. We have a real enemy. Why would we need to, and I said it a couple of weeks ago, why do we need to put on a full armor of God if we didn't have a problem? Amen. That is why perseverance is absolutely incredibly important. The focus of these metaphors, and when you read the Bible, they, they mainly emphasize, emphasize stresses, struggles, and sacrifices that we're going to face as Christians. But the metaphor is, to, is, is, is an example that we can use to apply certain things that God gives us so that we can walk in victory. I hope you understand that. So here's a kind of a metaphor example for me. Just like a soldier at war who's going to war for his country and for his loved ones. He has to possess, listen to this, because when he's going to war and he understands his loved ones at home and if he goes to war, he's got to have a victory. He's got to come back victorious so that he's protected his family and his country. That's why he goes to war. So when he goes to war, he's got to have a measure, listen to this, a measure of devotion. He's got to, have, he's got to be devoted to the call of, of, of him going where he's going. And secondly, he's got to have a determination. You've got to have a determination. He's got to be determined that we're going to win this war. And his mind is made up we're going to win this war. Amen. And then he's got to have a dedication for the cause that he's on. Three important factors. That's the question I would ask you tonight. Do you have a devotion and a determination and a dedication for the fight that you fight? Because it all has to do with perseverance tonight. Because without it, will have no impact on the mission that he went to. If he hasn't devotion, determination, and dedication, believe me, you wouldn't want to have that out fighting for you in the army front. 
You would rather stick him and go make psalmies in the... I wouldn't even have him there. But anyway, in the tents there, back there. The more these qualities are in, in a person's character, the more these things are in our character, things like devotion, determination, and dedication, the more these things are in our character, the likelihood that we will endure... The likelihood is that we will persevere. The likelihood that we will stay steadfast in the trials and the warfare and we'll come out with a hopeful spirit. Amen. Because those are the things we need in our lives. And the more and more you look at Christianity, the more you look at the end time church, I want to say this, we need to get out of the feeling zone and we need to start getting into the faith zone. There's too many Christians that are living on feelings. I don't feel like a Christian. Well, how does a Christian feel? Because God didn't put feelers on us. <laughs> I feel good today. <laughs> Tomorrow morning I feel bad. <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. It's about faith. Amen. It's about faith. Faith dominates the picture of the Christian fight with the spiritual forces that are against us. The Bible says that. And here's it like a metaphor. Ephesians 6 verse 16. After he said, put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the feet prepared, the boots in to go carry the gospel. Then he says these words. He says, in addition to all of the stuff you put on, take up the shield of faith. The shield of what, church? The shield of faith. There's this lacquer shield that holds and protects us. And he says, put up the shield of faith that will extinguish, listen to what he says here. Please don't miss this. That it will extinguish all, say all. All the flaming arrows of the evil one. Not some, all of them. When you come up in faith, let me tell you, they say when fear knocks and faith opens, there's nobody there. <laughs> it's a fact of life. That's why we need to take up the shield of faith. How do I get faith? Romans 10, 17, I think it's there. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. When I know the word of God and I can confess the word of God and I can speak the word of God, that is the shield of faith that I hold up. And I, and I fight with that shield. And I'll say more about that just now. But Hebrews 11, and we're talking about having faith. Hebrews 11 is the classic faith chapter in the Bible. If you want to know anything about faith, how people lived in faith, go read Hebrews 11. Go do yourself a favor. Refresh your heart on Hebrews 11. Because Hebrews 11 may not be as popular as Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is very encouraging. Or 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love, the olifta, you know. And we go read love. When you do marriages, we all read. Most times we actually don't apply that, Corinthians 13. But, but if you go to Hebrews 12, verse 1, now he's just spoken in Hebrews 11, the powerful faith chapter. Hebrews 12, verse 1, he starts off with this. He says, therefore, why, wherefore? What I've just said in verse 11, since we are surrendered by, sur surrendered, sur surrounded by, you see, I'm on holiday still, so I've got to get into this. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who are these great clouds of witnesses? The ones he had just spoken about Hebrews 11. If you've read Hebrews 11, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about right now. But he says, we're surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses who by faith, who by what? By faith, testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight what we must do, and the sin which so easily and, and deftly and cleverly entangles us. You see, the things of this world strap our feet up so we cannot move lacquer. 
There's a lot of unmoving Christians. Amen. Because they've allowed themselves to be tangled. But he says, let us run. You know that, eh? When your feet are tight, you can't run. <laughs> that was for the English UK people. When your feet are tight, you can't run. Let us run with endurance. And that very word is perseverance as well. Let us run with perseverance and active persistence the race that sets before us. The day you said yes to Jesus, you were put in a race and you have a race to run. And you need to run that with perseverance, church. Amen. You see, the first verse gets our attention to the practical applications of the lessons that come from chapter 11. But as I said now, Hebrews 11 uh, is the faith chapter. But Hebrews 11 is, a, is to faith as what 1 Corinthians 13 is to love. And, 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 and Psalm 23 is to encouragement. Hebrews 11 is the chapter on faith. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this. He starts off with this. He says, now faith is the assurance. This is the amplified version. Now faith is the assurance. You know when, you have, when somebody gives you their assurance, you know that they're going to do it for you. Amen. Now, faith, God has said it. So God gives us the assurance. Listen to this. The title deed. We have the deed in our hand already. There it is. Title deed. Okay, Tom. Do you understand? It's already a promise to you. There it is. You have the title deed in your hand. That's what he's saying. You have the title deed and you have the confirmation of things that you're hoping for. You're hoping that God will come through for you. You're hoping that your circumstances will change. That's what faith does. That's why faith is so important. That you hope for. Divinely divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of the things, you don't see it yet. The conviction of the reality. Faith comprehends this fact. What cannot be experienced by the practical senses. You haven't seen it yet. You haven't heard it yet. You haven't tasted it yet. You haven't touched it yet. What's the other one? You haven't smelt it yet. Five senses. But you know that God's going to do it. That's what faith is all about. That's what this living by faith. That's when you take up the shield of faith. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises a standard. What is the standard? It's the shield of faith. That's the word of God that's in your life and in my life. Before, before Paul wrote Hebrews 11, he introduced the church to faith. And listen to what he says here in Hebrews 10. Before he introduced Verse 11, he said this, Hebrews 10, verse 35. He says, do not throw away, and I'm reading at the NIV now, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Your confidence, your perseverance in God, your steadfastness will be richly rewarded. And then he says, you need to persevere. Why? So that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what God has promised. That's why we need faith. For it is just in a very little while. He who is coming will come and he will not delay. Jesus is coming. Hear what I'm telling you. Never get to say or get yourself into a place and say, well, they said it like 2,000 years ago. He's still coming. Believe me, he's going to come like a thief in the night when you least expect it. Always make sure that you're ready and persevering and standing strong. Amen. Doesn't matter when he comes as long as you're ready when he does come. Amen. He said, for just a little while he's coming and he will come and he's not going to delay. But listen to this. How should we be living when he comes? 
And while he's in heaven come yet, how should we living? He says, but my righteous one shall live by what, church? My righteous one shall be. How should we be living? By faith. That's what he says. And if he shrinks back from that faith, he will not, God won't be pleased with you. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are those who believe and are saved. Please don't miss this. He says, if we shrink back, we are going to be destroyed. When you shrink back, your spiritual life goes backwards. Amen. The Bible says, you are destroyed. You destroy your spiritual life. You open up doors to the enemy. You put down your shield of faith. And his arrows are going to hit you. Amen. So tonight in this year, 2023, we'll pick up the shield of faith over our lives. Amen. And we'll walk in victory. 1 Peter 1 verse 6 through 7. Again, Peter says this to the church. Even as he opens his letter up, he says, In this you, are, you greatly rejoice. Why are you rejoicing? Though for, for now and for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. Listen, it might be going nach with you for a while. But he says, These things have come to you so that your what? Your faith of greater worth. Now... He's busy saying your faith, and he's saying how powerful your faith is. Now he uses an analogy, a metaphor, to understand a built spark, so, so you can understand how valuable actually this thing called faith is, because he says these words. He says, your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes gold. It's of great worth, and we know that. Just look at the stock exchange. Great worth. It perishes even though it's refined by fire. It's gone through lots of processes. It's pure. It's gold. It's wonderful. He says, but our faith is even greater than that, he says. Listen to it. He says, because it may be proved genuine. Our faith needs to be proved genuine and may result in our faith, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Can I just say this to you? A strong, persevering faith is very, very important to God. God sees faith even greater than, than gold that is refined over and over and made so pure. Our faith is even greater than that, is what he's actually saying over here. Praise God. But notice something very important. A statement that the Hebrew writer writes here, before they get to Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 10 and 12 and all of that, Hebrews 12 verse 3, referring directly to Israel, but he's writing to the new born-again Hebrew Christians. And listen what he says. See to it, brothers. I want to add in their sisters in case you just think we've left you out here. Okay. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, listen to this, unbelieving heart. You see, when you get into unbelief, God sees it as sinful. And that's what he saw with Israel. Because they couldn't believe God. They went to the promised land. An 11-day journey ended up 40 years. Why? Because of unbelief. They didn't believe. And they had to go around the mountain for 40 years. See to it that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. So we see that they were not able to enter. Why? Because of their lack of faith, unbelief, lack of faith. He warns the church here. 
Be careful. Your faith is important. He writes a whole chapter on Hebrews, on Hebrews 11. He introduces at Hebrews 10, before he gets to 11, how we must live. Let us read the scriptures. Let us begin to apply the scriptures. Let us begin to motivate our hearts to, to believe what the scripture says. Paul is talking about the Christian fight. Fight. Flight. 1 Timothy 6 verse 12. Listen to what he says. I love this. Fight the... Die slechte fight van die geloof. Now, fight the good fight of the faith. Don't miss that. It's a good fight. It's not a boring, miserable, ach, I've got to get up this morning and I've got to go fight the fight of faith again. No, no. It's a good fight. And you know what fight it is? It's a fight of what church? Yes, you're not fighting the devil. If you went to fight the devil, that could be terrible. But you don't fight the devil. When David took those little stones and he walked up to that uncircumcised Philistine and they said, hey, you come to me with, with that little thing of yours, pal. Little did he know, he fought the fight of faith over there. Because the circumstances were way beyond what he could have ever done. But he came and he fought the fight. He didn't fight Goliath. God fought Goliath. He just came in faith. That's what the shield of faith does. Amen. When you fight the enemy, you put up the shield of faith. You put up the truth of the word of God. When the enemy comes in, you tell him the truth and he leaves. Why? Because he cannot touch you with his arrows. Because you overcome all the arrows of the enemy. Fight the good fight of the faith. Not fight the good fight against the devil or against your brother or against your sister. No, no. Fight the fight of the faith. Faith, and how do we have faith? Faith comes by hearing, and we use the Word of God. The Word of God, the sword that he says we take up, is the Word of God, and we fight the good fight of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. I hope you understand a little bit about that tonight. He says, and then 2 Peter 1, verse 5 through 6, and we've done a whole series on this. Steps to growing spiritually. Maybe I should do that series again. It was really good. 2 Peter 1, verse 5 and 6, he says this. For this very reason, make every effort. Say, every, make every effort. You know what that means, eh? Make every effort. Okay. To do what? To add to your faith. Hello. Are you hearing something tonight? Tonight, God's talking to you about faith. But what is he talking to us about? Perseverance. That's what faith is. It's hanging on when you want to let go. That's what perseverance means. He says, add to your faith, goodness, that word goodness is actually excellence. Add to your excellence, and, and to, 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 to excellence add knowledge, and to that knowledge add self-control. To your faith, eh? And, and to that self-control, then listen to what he says, add perseverance to your faith. You see, that's what it means to grow and stand strong and firm in your walk with Jesus. Add to your faith perseverance because for your faith to be strong you need to be persevering amen hebrews ten thirty six in the amplified says for you have need of and i want to call that perseverance to bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising so that when you've carried out the will of god you may receive and enjoy to the full what he's promised you see that word the greek word for for, for that patience and endurance is a word called hupomone hupomone <laughs> Sounds like a wine there on a wine farm there, wherever. Hupomone. Have a hupomone, brother. 
What that really means is this. It means to persevere. That's what he's saying over there. You have need of perseverance, meaning consistency. Can you say consistency with me? The beteken in Afrikaans standvastigheid, to stand fast. It means that. Steadfast. It indicates persistence. Persistent effort being made under suffering of hardships and temptations. You don't give in to it. Amen. You keep going. You stand strong. You keep getting through it. In other words, it's a quality of character. The character of Christ in us that does not allow one to surrender. Doesn't allow one to slow down. Doesn't want allow one to cool down in their walk with Jesus. You do what it takes because you persevere to be consistently growing in your walk with Jesus. Amen. Which is so absolutely important. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 5, Paul says, so that your faith, your faith, might not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. Not on God's wisdom, on God's power, because He's already imparted wisdom in us. We need to live by the power and the authority of the Word of God. Our faith, he says, so that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. And then 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, he says, we live by faith and not by sight. It's not how bad your circumstances are. It's how powerful and truth the Word of God says about your situation. And that's what you've got to learn to start believing. We need to be fighting the good fight of the faith. Faith is so important to Jesus. Listen how important it is. Just before Jesus uh, goes up into heaven, he talks to his disciples and listen what he asks them. I find this to be so profound when he says this. Luke 18, the, eight, the B portion there, he says, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? If he comes here and there's no faith here, he's not going to come fetch anybody. Hello? Did you hear what I just said? Because it's, it's, it's those that work in belief, not unbelief. Unbelief, they didn't enter the promised land. We need to be faithful people. Amen. Persevering people. That's what it says. Add your faith perseverance. We need to be people that I do and honor. We need to be going. We need to be faith people. Amen. Jesus says, when I come, will I find faith? Will people still be believing in me? Will people be serving me? Will people still be worshiping me? Will I still be first? Will I still be your first love? Will, I, will you be putting me first? In Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added. What I find is, is the backsliding church is getting more and more seeking the other things and then somewhere we seek God. And for many people, the only time you seek God is when you come to church on a Sunday. Between Monday and next Saturday, you've got other stuff on your agenda. Sunday, you come seek God again. No, no. God wants your whole life. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Hear that. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary. I love that word. Grow weary or become discouraged. Let us not become weary. Do you ever think about that word, to grow weary? If you plant a plant, it grows. So if you plant weariness, weariness is mugheit. That's what weariness is. When you pop sati fulikanimeni, that's where perseverance kicks in. That's where faith begins to be activated. He says, don't give up. Don't get when you get mugheit. He says, why not? He says, because for it, at the proper time, you will reap if you don't give up. 
Keep going, church. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, my second last scripture, says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. How must we stand, church? Firm. Let nothing move you. Why? Because we've got an anchor, and our anchor holds. <laughs> so when life puts pressure on us, perseverance keeps us connected. Faith keeps us connected to the anchor. The moment you let go of the anchor, you're going to drift, man. You better believe that. He says, therefore, my dear stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always. Say always. That doesn't mean sometimes, no. Always, he says. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And that word in vain, but you can net in mooi word in Afrikaans, verniet. It's not in vain. It's not verniet. What you're doing for Jesus, God sees it. God sees your perseverance. God sees your dedication. God sees the stuff you go through. God sees when you put him first. And you know what? As you begin to do that, the glory, the splendor, and the blessings of God flow into your life. And you live a victorious, overcoming life. You live a life of peace. You live a life of joy. So I want to close off with this with the scripture, and I want to pray this is a prayer for all of us. It's something as Paul was writing to the Thessalonian church, and he closes off with this in, in his letter, Second Thessalonians 3, verse 5 and 6. And this is what he says, and I want to make this as a prayer. Paul prays this for his church, and I pray that for us. He says, may the Lord direct your hearts. Direct your hearts where? Listen to where? Into God's love. He prays that the Lord will take our hearts and that He will guide our hearts and direct our hearts into God's love. What does that mean? That means that we will love like God, that we will live in a loving relationship with God and one another. But the second part is even more profound when He says this. He says, May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love. And may the Lord also, yeah, direct your heart into what? Christ's perseverance. Isn't that fantastic? That God will lead us into Christ's... How did Jesus persevere? To the cross, let me tell you. He didn't duck and dive. Even there when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Lord, please take this cup away from me. But Father, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Right unto death, Jesus did it for us. Let me tell you, God has empowered you and I to walk an overcoming life because he's led us into the perseverance of Christ. You have tonight. Say, I have the perseverance of Christ. You have it. You need to use it. Because he has just a little sub, subtitle warning that he gives. And listen to this. In the name of the Lord Jesus... You can see they rock no quite because he's now encouraged them to walk in love and in perseverance. And then he schemes. Yes, like, let me just say this to you, Oaks, now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he doesn't say, I suggest. No, no, no. He says, We command you, brothers and sisters, I'll say, to keep away from every believer who is idle, who's disruptive, and does not live according to the teachings you've received from us. Isn't that powerful? 
Because when you've got a pap wheel on your car, a pap wheel, <laughs> when your wheel's flat, it's very difficult to drive with that thing. And you see, we are here to encourage one another. We are here to build one another up. We are here to persevere. Our perseverance must encourage us. Does Christ's perseverance encourage your life? Does when you look at Jesus, you say, Lord, I can do this because you did it. Amen? Well, you know what? Your friends, your buddies, your sisters, your family, people who are not saved need to look at your life and say, wow, check this out. Look what he's going through. But you know what? He's perseverance. He's persevering. Why? Because he has the perseverance of Christ. Amen. May God bless you tonight. May the word, a persevering Christian, become the title in your lives. Amen. Come, let us bow our heads and close with some prayer. Hallelujah. Father, thank you tonight. Wow, Lord, we just have your word, and your word is life. And you said about your word, Lord Jesus, if we stick to your word and we follow you, then we will receive freedom. And that freedom of your word will set us free. And so I pray tonight for the church, Lord, even as I said right in the beginning, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And I pray that you've spoken to us again tonight, Lord, that we will not be, take our spiritual lives lightheartedly, but that we'll be serious about our walk with Jesus. That we will take up the shield of faith, Lord. We will take it up with courage, determination, commitment, dedication. Each one of us. May we, tonight, again, Father, we just dedicate ourselves to you as we start the flow into this new year. May your anointing rest upon each one of us. Would you strengthen us, Father, in our journey? I pray for each one of us, Lord. Father, that you would just uh, come and anoint our lives every day and that we'll be conscious of you, that we'll spend time in your presence, time in your word, and that your spirit, Lord, will guide us and lead us into God's love and into Christ's perseverance. May we, may it be said of us, Lord, that we are persevering Christians. We ask it tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. I trust you heard something from the Holy Spirit tonight. Amen. Praise God. If there's anybody that's sitting here tonight and you've never met this Jesus we spoke about, who you, and, and you want to meet with Jesus, you have a great opportunity. Don't leave this place before you've spoken to one of our guys who come and speak to me, one of our leaders up here, somebody wearing the CMA colors. You just stop the person and say, listen, I need you to pray for me. We are for you. If you need prayer, we're always open to pray for you tonight. Amen. Amen.